0: It's those hundreds of decisions behind the scenes that seem so small that are actually what define us and define resiliency. Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. As promised, this week we're getting back to some more classic Be Bolder material, talking about resiliency, what that means, what that looks like, and how do we dig in on that each and every day to move our own personal ball forward and uh, overcome the challenges that might be sitting there before us. So, you know, these days we hear lots of talk about resiliency and being resilient and lots of you know, stories of folks overcoming things in business. And that's important, but sometimes just being able to move the ball forward just a touch in life because the day or week or month that you've had is an absolute disaster is even more telling about your resiliency, adaptability, and grit as a human being. Resiliency doesn't have to look like some big, glorious overcoming of immense hardship, right? Sure, those episodes are great and they make for a great PR and storytelling. But what's really telling to me about the resiliency of a human is in a person's darkest moments, what small thing did they do that ends up being the most crucial life altering moment in their entire lives that oftentimes none of us sitting over here, you know, can even know that's happening because it's all happening behind the scenes. Unfortunately, not everyone is built with the same level of resiliency. And I go back and forth a lot in my own mind as to whether resiliency is a learned trait, or an ingrained trait. And, you know, as of right now, and this could always change, I, I really think it's a little bit of both. Our human brain is really wired like that of no other animal, right? It, it actually constantly reworks and rewires itself to adapt to its surroundings. You know, it rewires to alter for new intake of communication styles, you know, alters for capabilities, understanding. And more impressively to me, it actually fully rewires sections of it to adapt to a body's changes. So when a limb, for example, is injured or a nerve is severed, the brain actually reworks and rewires to adapt to the new body. Like, that's just mind blowing. Wow. Right. But I think there's actually just something magical about some humans That I don't want to say it's learned, but it's just found within them. (laughs) And no matter how much pressure the world applies to these folks, they stay beautifully positive and figure out ways to sidestep or overcome, or better yet, use the hardship that they've encountered to their advantage to keep ever and ever and ever rising. And I think it's those massive overcomings that we see that we mark as resiliency for those humans. But what we don't see is the hundreds of micro choices to rise up in the background that defines the resiliency of them as people. Just like in sports, it's the end outcome that we see, the win or the loss, right? The medal, the not medal. It's not the hundreds of choices and sacrifices and changes that happen behind the scenes leading up to one major overcoming winning championship moment. It's those hundreds of decisions Behind the scenes that seem so small that are actually what define us and define resiliency. Now, we've all had our fair share of hardships and moments that we'd rather erase from our memories in totality than ever think of ever, ever again. And, you know, God knows I've had my share, my fair share, excuse me, of the universe testing me, I will call it. Now, I'm a pretty open book and I try to use my examples but I'll be candid, not all stories are shareable because really I just can't talk about some of them and and that's okay, maybe I'll get there and and maybe I won't. But what I think is important (laughs) though is really being able to take different things from those situations, from those moments and we can process them and learn from them and utilize those lessons to push ourselves forward. Now at the risk of sounding (laughs) all sorts of woo woo wackadoo I do believe in light and darkness energetically, okay? I believe uh, those things are engaged engaged in a perpetual dance, you know, with light trying to bring love and joy and purity and darkness trying to stamp out the light wherever possible. I think some people channel the light and others darkness and some do it knowingly and some are just conduits and have no idea that it's even happening. And unfortunately, the light attracts the darkness. So the brighter the light or your soul, the more darkness tries to take a swing at you. I tell you this because one of my biggest crossroads of my life came down to a micro decision. Succumb to the darkness and stamp out my light or get up and fight for me. We all have a moment like this and not everyone makes it to the other side. And here's mine. law school and the MBA program and graduation, you know, I seemingly had it all and the whole world was my oyster, right. I'd been a D1 athlete in college, a two-time defensive player of the year, student body president in college and then student body president again in the MBA program. I had great grades. I had a job lined up. I had a fiance who on paper should have been a perfect match. and I had two wonderful puppers, Ogie and Stella, and we'll come back to them. I had great friends, and yet I found myself unable to get out of bed some days at all. I couldn't bring myself to eat, to work out, to hang out with anyone, and I could get up and force myself to work, and then I would go right back to bed once I was done. I was just simply in the throes of depression, and it was depression that was so severe that I was a borderline zombie because I was so medicated. On a combo of Zoloft and Wellbutrin that I don't think you legally could have taken any more than I was prescribed and not been in a psych ward. So I couldn't feel anything, and that not being able to feel anything was killing me. Now, to say that this wasn't me was like basically the understatement of the century, right? <laughs> Anyone who knows me, I've always had more energy energy than the Energizer Bunny. I'm a generally happy person. I love to love, I love joy you know, and I would tell you I'm light, you know, not only am I a conduit for light, but I know that I am a light person and I channel it. Um, and, but a series of less than wonderful decisions in my personal life had really started to dim that light and the darkness was slowly creeping in and slowly taking over. Law school for me was hella toxic You know, it was a hyper-competitive environment with people always focused on themselves instead of collaboration, and that had just beaten me down, and I had let it. My job, while awesome, had a clever way of reminding me how just enough I wasn't. So I felt compelled to always be working, and working more, and trying harder, and learning more, and I think to some degree they knew it, and they took advantage of that, and I let them. Lastly, my relationship was wildly, wildly unhealthy. My now ex was emotionally abusive, and I embarrassingly tolerated it. He would put me down at every opportunity, and I didn't stop it. He disrespected me publicly, and at every opportunity, he did it under the guise of trying to be funny. And honestly, it was abusive, and it was sick, and I just let it happen, right? And so the darkness had brought the perfect storm, law school abuse, less than ideal work circumstances, and a home life that was abusive and unhealthy. And let me tell you, in 2009, the darkness was winning. And I mean winning big time. What the darkness didn't account for though, was my resiliency and two of the best protectors that anyone could have ever asked for, Ogi and Stella. Ogi and Stella are my rescue dogs. Ogi is an amazing spirit who can sense anxiety and agitation and has this amazing uncanny ability to ground you even when you get caught up in the muck and the mire of your own brain and you just start to spiral. He's the type of dog that even if you're afraid of dogs, you meet Ogie and you still like dogs. I'm lucky enough to say that he's still with me, but our time is incredibly short and I call him my unregistered emotional support dog. And Stella, she was my queen. Stella has a fierceness to her that's just simply undeniable. She was a petite little nugget of a boxer, but you did not fuck with Stella. She'd take on anyone, no matter the size. Didn't matter to her. Stella had survived a puppy mill and abuse and and breeding and and atrocities that you and I can't even begin to think about. And honestly, she did not take shit from anyone or anything. And the way that she looked at me, helped me to see myself differently, so much so that one time, one year, my goal was to actually try to see myself the way that Stella saw me and to try to make her proud. (laughs) No matter how much I loved her, somehow, she still loved me more. In December of 2009, I was in my lowest, darkest place ever. My ex was continuing his abusive patterning. And it sent something to me one day so cruel that I just locked myself in my room with my doggos. And thank God I brought them in with me. And from there, I just began to plummet and plummet and plummet. And for all intents and purposes, the darkness, it had me. I could feel my light, my once bright, beautiful, amazing light, had been reduced to a single ember, just one. And that one little ember was holding on for dear life. At that very moment, I had decided I was going to end it. I was laying on my floor, face down into the carpet, and I had made the decision to take all of my antidepressants at the same time and end my time here on Earth. I sobbed into the carpet because I just couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) And it was as if I asked for help out loud, and and I swear to you that I didn't. But Stella and then Ogie came over to me stuck their little noses under me, and lifted me off the floor as if to say, we need you, mama, and you're worth fighting for. And at that very moment, as they lifted me up, at my crossroads, I chose to stand up and fight another day. I knew I needed to fight for them for saving me, but more significantly, I knew I needed to fight for me. (sighs) I could picture that tiny little ember in me, fighting, fighting so hard, And and it was amazing because I could feel it reigniting and igniting some of those that were right near her. It wasn't much. It wasn't a bright, beautiful light that maybe it is today, but it was something. And I chose to nurture that light instead of let the darkness win that day. Now, this was one tiny little moment but of such significant consequences that no one except for Ogi and Stel might have ever known. But I think that people need to remember that the muscles of resiliency are built by an amalgamation of dozens of micro choices that we make each and every day, to choose to fight, to choose to do the right thing, to choose kindness, to choose light over dark, and to choose to not let the hard days win. Now, (laughs) I'm wildly grateful for Ogi and Stel. They gave me the keys to my life back. And I would be a disappointment to them and to me if I didn't now take advantage of the gift that they gave me. The knowledge that I'm worth fighting for and that nothing, and I mean nothing, no one, nowhere, nothing can dim my light. I honor Ogie and Stella every day with a necklace my husband had custom made for me. It's a key on a chain and the key has in it etched the word brave. Because sometimes the bravest thing that you can do, the most resilient thing that you can do is just get off the floor to put the gun down to put the bottle down, to just choose to fight and choose not to let the darkness win. Thanks for turning, tuning in this week. And for those choosing to fight each and every day, please remember, the world needs you. Whether you believe that or not, it does. And if you're not lucky enough to have an O.G. or a Stella and you're struggling, help is available 24 hours a day at this suicide prevention hotline at 1-800-273-8285 five, five, please reach out. and Don't fight alone. Help is just a call. Or her dog go away until next week. Don't just be bold, keep fighting and be bolder. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Insta at beboldercast or visit our blog at thebolderlife.com. If you have questions or suggestions for me, leave me a message at 614-706-6693.